This is the Radically Christian Crosstalk Podcast, Episode 1. I'm your host, Wes McAdams, and on today's show, we'll be discussing spiritual jealousy. Okay, guys, I'm excited to record this first episode of the Crosstalk Podcast. I'm here with James Sumners. James, how you doing, brother? Doing good. It's good to be here. Always enjoy spending time with my friend. Absolutely. This will be a fun conversation. I'm here with Sam Dominguez as well. Sam, how you doing? I am doing well. I do expect this to be a fun conversation. It will be. You know, guys, I want to start by, I guess, confessing my sins. Um, you know, I, I look at you guys, and I, I look up so much to y'all, um, but sometimes it doesn't just it doesn't just stop with looking up to you guys. In all reality, there are times where I feel intimidated by you, or even maybe even jealous of you. I look at I look at sometimes the way James's kids are so well behaved, and you know, and I and I think, man, you know, what's he doing that I'm not doing? And you know, when my kids misbehave, I feel I feel you know embarrassed by by that, as if I'm not doing as good of a job as a father as James is. And you know, sometimes that might even keep me from going to James and saying, James, you know, what are you doing that I'm not doing? How could I be a better dad? Um, but I'm afraid to ask that question because, you know, especially as a preacher, I'm supposed to have the answers. I'm not supposed to be the guy going to somebody else asking for, the, asking for advice. And so because I'm jealous of you and your parenting skills, then I, I don't end up asking for advice. You know, and then I look at Sam and, you know, I hear some of the things he says. And I think, man, why couldn't, why can't I think that deeply about things? Why can't I be that smart? Why can't I, you know, teach the way Sam does? You know, and so... I feel intimidated by your knowledge or by y'all skills or abilities, you know, and and so many ways just feel like, you know, you're just better Christians than I am or just better men than I am. And that, that you know, in so many ways, that's a positive thing. You know, I want to look up to you and you make me want to be a better, a better guy, a better dad, a better husband, a better Christian. But in other ways, you know, I think that that, that can be detrimental to our relationships as Christian men um, and also our relationships with God, uh, you know, and just the way that we conduct ourselves in the church. Um, I'm hoping I'm not the only one that feels that way, that feels spiritually jealous of other people and feel like, well, you know, uh, maybe just have a little pity party that I'm not as good a Christian as somebody else. Is it a weird thing to admit that uh, as a, as a as a man, as a quote unquote leader in the church, that I get spiritually competitive? Um, and you know, and the things that you talked about feeling inadequate in comparison uh, to you guys and to several other men at this congregation. There's so many well qualified men for so many things that uh, happen. But I feel a competitiveness spiritually in the sense of, oh, man, you know, Wes talked about that topic. I wish I could have taught about that topic. Or, oh, man, James did uh, made such a good comment uh, during the, the Lord's uh, Supper focus or, or whatever it ends up being during that Bible class. What happened. Man, I, that was the comment that I was going to make. I wanted to hear, I wanted people to hear me make that comment instead of that person. It, is that not really bizarre? <laughs> You know, it's funny because that's just, I don't know, maybe it's just natural that we do that. I mean, it's one of the things that we have to overcome. I struggle with that all the time. And there are so many times that I want to say, uh, I, I want to be seen as being someone spiritual. <clears throat> and I'm maybe not as concerned about actually being spiritual because if I was concerned about actually being spiritual, maybe these things wouldn't even come up. But I have that feeling like I want, I want to be able to speak like Wes. I mean, not just be able to, I want to, I want to be up there in front of the pulpit as if that's important, as if it's being in front of that pulpit or 
behind the pulpit. I guess I am in front of the pulpit, but behind the pulpit. A witch is too half the time. (laughs) (laughs) Or beside it or around it or, you know. But, you know, we, we want to, to be in the spotlight as if, as if it's me, it's about me. It's about me. Cause that's what we're doing with our faith. If we do this, if we have this attitude, well, I want to be, I not necessarily that I want to be like Wes. I want to be Wes. I want to be Sam. I want to be James. What what does that do to our faith when we when we talk like that, when we think like that? And yet, you know, there there is supposed to be a healthy competitiveness uh, spiritually speaking between us because we're supposed to make each other better. We're supposed to hold each other to account. We're supposed to be, you know, iron sharpening iron. We're supposed to surround ourselves with spiritual men who can be our friends, who can hold us to account, who can help us to be better men than we are, you know, that that type of competitiveness to be better than we are is supposed to be a good thing. And in so many other aspects of life, it is a good thing. We do surround ourselves with people who have a greater work ethic than us or more knowledge than us, and we benefit from that person being involved in our lives. And yet spiritually, it so often is something that holds us back. And I was like, oh, I, I admire Wes so much, so I'm not going to make this comment to him because I know he's already thought of it, and it's probably old hat. Oh, man, I, I just I read this for the first time, or I understood this for the first time. I got this out of the Scripture for the first time, but I know James has already thought of it. I know Wes has already thought of it, so I'm not going to say anything, and I'm just going to keep it myself because I'm embarrassed now for fear that they've already come across it. And, of course, how many times that isn't the case— or then, on top of that, who cares? It's still fun to talk about. It's still beneficial to discuss things that we're already aware of and congratulate each other and celebrate the fact that we have this greater understanding mutually. And yet, why, in spiritually speaking, do we let that hold us back? Right. I think that's a great point. And also, you know, as y'all were talking, I kept thinking, you know, to me, so many spiritual issues come down to pursuit. You know, what are we pursuing? And James, what you were saying is about, I don't necessarily want to be better. I just want people to think I'm better. You know, I don't want to necessarily be spiritual. I just want people to think I'm spiritual. And so that sometimes is what we're pursuing. We're pursuing, you know, having having the facade of of righteousness rather than actually doing what is right and righteous. And so, you know, if our pursuit is God, if our pursuit is pleasing our Heavenly Father and doing what pleases Him, then we'll realize we're a team and we make each other better and we we build off of each other's strengths and we help each other with each, with our weaknesses. But if my goal is for you to think I'm awesome, you know, well, then that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother game we're playing. That's a whole nother pursuit or goal. And so that really is what it all comes down to to me is what are you pursuing? Are you pursuing a right relationship with God? Are you pursuing holiness and righteousness, or are you pursuing the 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 idea of that? The the you know people to think that of you. Then you know so many times I think that is what we're pursuing. We're pursuing if we're honest with ourselves, it's I want people to think I'm a good dad. I want people to you know rather than because it's easier you know it's easier to put icing on a on a on a cake than it is to actually make a wonderful cake. You know the inside of something. It's easier to clean the outside of the cup than it is to clean the inside and the outside. You know, I, th- I think that's something that we we all deal with in the sense of uh, having our ego tied up into our perceived spirituality, uh, which is a ridiculous thing, but I think we all do it or are all guilty of it to a certain degree. Uh, I mean, I, I will admit to something that is absolutely ridiculous, but there have been times when I've been scheduled to 
do something in the worship, whether it be a communion focus or a Bible class, whatever have you, something where I'm getting up and I'm, I'm conveying my own thoughts to the congregation, and I will actually just grind away trying to come up with something because I feel the burden and expectation of being profound. And if there's something that is just a this simple truth that God has laid forth for us, that it would benefit every last Christian to hear for the millionth time, no, 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 that's not good enough for Sam. I've got to come up with something deep. And there have been times <laughs> that I couldn't come up with anything deep, and so I just read a passage of Scripture instead. And then had people come up afterward and tell me, oh man, that was so deep. You were so bold by choosing to just read the scripture and let it stand on its own. And in the back of my mind, I'm just fighting with my ego to say, no, let this person know that I should have known to start off with the scripture and be satisfied with that, but that I only came to that conclusion after fighting with myself for hours, thinking that I needed to be profound before I, I spoke to the people. Yeah. There's so many things, when you say that, there, there's so many things that come to my mind. You know, I think about in Second Corinthians, you know, Paul is defending his apostleship against those that say he's not really an apostle and don't listen to Paul, and, you know, and, and his struggle to, to defend that while not boasting in himself, but in boasting in Christ. And, and really, that's what it comes down to is, is I am full of weakness. I am full of shortcomings, and if we understand the beauty of of the gospel, we're not afraid to admit that, but because sometimes we're we're more Pharisaical than we are Christian, you know, if we get right down to it, where we we want to be these whitewashed tombs and and give the the perception of righteousness rather than being right, um, you know, we don't confess our sins, and that you know what you remind you you reminded me of that. You know, you think about what James says. Uh, in the Bible, not not the James that's sitting here with us, but um, I say it too. Yeah. yeah, he says it too. Uh, to confess your but sins, you didn't say it first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to confess your sins to each other and pray for each other, you know, we don't we don't do that very well because then we're afraid somebody's not going to think well of us. At, but in reality. We admire that. In fact, that, that's one of the things I'm jealous of when somebody admits their their weaknesses because it says, "Wow." It's real. It's it's it goes deep with them. They they really do. They really are pursuing the Lord, um, and it's not not a it's not a facade at all with them. Yeah. And again, in James, uh, he he also talks about God. Ask God for for wisdom specifically, which is more or less what we we're talking about desiring. What we were talking about really wanting to desire. Um, that if you if you ask God for wisdom. He he gives bountifully. He gives more than you need. He gives everything that you possibly could need. It doesn't necessarily just apply to wisdom either. It applies to everything spiritual, everything that we need. God can take care of it. But uh, how often is that really what we're what we're wanting? I mean, like like Sam was saying, we we have this like I want to be profound. I want to be I want to be special. You know. Well, I'm not going to go. I was thinking about the Lego movie, but I'm not going to go there. Um, I want to be special, and instead of instead of remembering that, really, who is special? God is special. Jesus is is the most special of all. And if there's anything of value that I can bring to the table, it's not what's in this. It's not what's in my head. It's what's it's what's in the Word. 
if, if there's any wisdom and knowledge that I have, it comes from God. If there's anything that, I mean, maybe, yes, I have some experiences that have taught me maybe specific things about being a father and being a husband and being a Christian, but but really what I where I get the most of my wisdom really comes from the Word and applying the Word to how I treat my kids, how I deal with my wife, how I deal with my friends, how I read the Word of God, how I do all of these things comes back from one place, and that's from the Word of God, from studying the teachings of Jesus and the entire entire history of the Jewish people. You know, but I mean, getting back to uh, one of the comments that Wes made about what what are we actually striving for? Are we striving for righteousness, or are we striving for recognition? Are we striving? I mean, as pathetic as that is, oh wow, recognition among one congregation. But then again, we've seen preachers, writers, teachers, what have you, who go very far astray pursuing recognition. They want to be a big fish, spiritually speaking. And how many uh, Christians have been left behind because rather than being told, no, there's nothing special about me, this is why I know what I know, here's how you can have that same knowledge and do exactly what I do, you know, instead of like, you know what, yeah, I am special, and I'm glad that you think so. Let me demonstrate to you how special I am. And we, we get our egos tied up into that. And yet, you know, our example, going back to Paul is so clear and yet so difficult because he regards all of these accomplishments that he lays forth as worthless, as garbage, and yet he knows what they are. He's fully aware of it. He's not false humble. He doesn't, that entire section is not some false humility that he lays out where he's, what he's really trying to do is bait compliments toward himself. Mm -hmm. He is simply humble. And that doesn't mean not acknowledging who he is and what he's capable of, but rather more acknowledging the truth of, and yet that wasn't enough, I still needed the grace of Jesus, and this is why I'm doing what I'm doing, not for my own regard. And that's such a difficult line for us to walk. I think it's a difficult line for me to walk, you know, because that's that's a conflict that I constantly have, is keeping my ego out of these things. Because the answer is not to say, well, you know what? I struggle with that, so I'm not going to get up and say anything anymore. Well, no, that's ridiculous. I need to get up and do what God expects me to do. And if I've got something worthwhile to say, I need to understand that and go out there and say it. But then I need to have the discipline, and I need friends who will hold me to that discipline of saying, okay, man, rein that ego back in a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, Yeah, that was a great thought, but anybody could have had it because you pulled it right out of the text, you know? Right. Right. You know, and it it is amazing to me how much this conversation, because you mentioned things like the grace of God, and, uh, you know, how much of this even either stems from or it leads to a misunderstanding of the gospel, the very basics of the gospel, and, and even the understanding of salvation. You know, when I was a kid, somebody really close to me in my family said, you know, I hope I've been good enough to go to heaven and, but I just don't think you can ever know if you've been good enough to go to heaven. And and that really stuck in my head. I mean, I was probably eight or nine years old, and I, I didn't know enough to argue with that mentality, but I, I kept that in the back of my mind, you know, and, and I've seen that manifest so many times in the church where people, I think, are comparing themselves to each other because they think, if I'm better than you, then I'm more sure that 
I'm going to heaven. But if I see a vast difference between my knowledge and your knowledge, or between my abilities and your abilities, or my strengths and your strengths, if you're so much better than me, well, now I'm not so sure anymore. And so my justification doesn't come from Jesus and from his blood. It comes from my being better than you are. And so, so much of this, you know, comes from a misunderstanding of the gospel, and it, or it leads to a misunderstanding of the gospel. So this over-competitiveness, you know, makes me say, well, I'm going to find some dirt on you because I've got to make, you know, I've got to make myself feel better. And so we're justifying ourselves based on how much better we are than others. You think of the the parable of the, the tax collector and the Pharisee, and that's exactly what he was doing. Thank you, God, that I'm not like him and him and him and him. And so I'm better than these people, and therefore I'm confident in my salvation rather than the the tax collector who comes before God and says, have mercy on me, a sinner. How many of us, though, ever... Uh, once again, going back to something you said, ever really confess our sins to each other uh, rather than, uh, and I might just be playing at words here, but rather than admitting our sins. Mm. Uh, I was thinking earlier today, uh, I was driving uh, back from Austin this morning, and and we were uh, listening to some hymns in the car, and one of them was, you know, singing about how Jesus lifted our burden of sin, and it made me consider, have I ever felt my sin as being a burden? And, you know, whether it was more like one of those times where, have you ever, you know, been carrying something that wasn't heavy, and but it kind of looked like it, it looked awkward or what have you, and so someone would come and, hey, let me help you get that, and they snatched the box away from you, and it's kind of like, oh, that, that, that weighed like a pound. You weren't really struggling with that, and you're like, oh, well, hey, thanks anyway. You know, I appreciate it. Uh, sometimes our sin feels like that. You know, I didn't feel the burden of my sin. And when Jesus took that away from me, I didn't feel the or consider the appropriate respect for what he did on my behalf. And so there are times when we don't feel that burden of sin. And so we're not confessing things to each other. We might admit to some shortcomings, but, you know, I'm not really saying that I want help. I'm not really saying I need you to come over here and help me carry this thing. What I'm more wanting is acknowledgement that I'm lifting something heavy. Mm. I don't I don't need a two-man lift on this thing. I just want you to acknowledge that I look pretty tough to lift in this heavy box, you know? And there are times when we want to admit to the burden of our sin, but we're not really feeling that burden, and we certainly don't want help with it. Right. Yeah, so much. I mean, we've talked about it. And it's just so much like the Pharisees, and they just didn't. They didn't acknowledge it. They didn't want to see it. The fact that everything they did was really about pleasing men and about being pleasing to others, and not about pleasing God. The the idea that I if I just clean the outside, then that will be pleasing, probably to God and men, but not really. I mean, that's what that's. That's how they acted anyway. And throughout the Old Testament, through the prophets, every everything you look at says, the heart, the heart, the heart. I need your heart. The heart is what I want. I want your actions too. I want your mind. I want your strength. I want everything. But really, the hardest thing of all is the heart. The heart is the thing that we have to mold and shape to say, I will make everything about God. I will say, okay, if I'm going to teach a class, it's because God has given me that ability and I'm going to do it. And if he hasn't given me that ability, well, maybe 
instead of saying, well, I want to be like Wes and I want to be like Sam, well, maybe I can learn from them. Maybe I can ask them questions. Maybe I can say, hey, why don't I do something about this? Why don't I spend more time in study, seek out the word, try to understand how can I be a better teacher? How can I do this? Yeah. You know, I, I think that so many times we are so, uh, we have this mentality that I just am who I am. You know, going back to, you know, whether it was Sam talking about the, the temptation and the struggle or James, what you were getting at in the abilities and the strengths and the talents that we have. And we just say, well, that's who I am. You know, I, I struggle with this, or I'm not a very good speaker, or I'm not very good at leading prayers, or I'm this or I'm that. And and we just we just admit, well, Sam's number one and James is number two and I'm number three, and that's just the way that it is. And it's like, well, stop looking at it that way and just realize that you can you can you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. You know, God can can make you better, he can strengthen you, he can build you up. And you know, if you're struggling with the sin, you know, sometimes you need to stop struggling with it and defeat it and move on, you know, and, and stop struggling with it. Stop just holding on to this for so long and just bury it and, and be done with it and move on to the next thing. Or if it's an ability or, or being able to do something, I mean, if if it were leading prayers or preaching or teaching a class, I mean, there was a time when none of us did that and we could have just said, well, I just don't do that. I'm not good at that or that's not my strength. Instead, let's say, how can I be of use in the kingdom, instead of saying, "Well, if I'm not as good as Sam, then I'm I'm no I'm of no use in the kingdom." Well, I'm, how many of us before a class have ever said, "Well, there's there's so many people here who could do a better job teaching than I could," and sometimes it's a false humility, and sometimes it's a subtle way of saying, "Boy, I wish I wasn't up here having to do this. Why don't you just get up here and do this? You do it better anyway." And uh, you know, it's it's such a such a poor excuse for trying to get out of the work. But you know what it made me think of is I really see, when I look in the mirror of myself spiritually, I see a leafy fig tree that doesn't have any fruit. You know, And there, there's a reason why we're told that you'll be known by your fruit. Because there's a whole lot of times where I've talked such a good talk that I talk you out of looking for the fruit. And it's, oh, well, I mean, listen to what he said. He obviously has the fruit. Wow. And, you know, that's, that's what I lack. You know, and, and, I, and I've taught that before, and the fact that I don't uh, uh, uphold it well doesn't mean it's not true, but the application is always the difficult part. Understanding what God wants us to do is the simple part. Application is the hard part. And for me, being able to understand and communicate God's will is not something that I struggle with. It is actually bearing fruit that I struggle with, and sometimes... I get spiritually competitive, I get spiritually jealous because that's what I see in myself. And sometimes I feel like the answer should be to make a big show with my leaves to try and convince people not to look for this fruit rather than going to someone and saying, you know what, I've talked all this talk, but I need some help walking the walk because I don't bear any fruit. Well, you said something one time, and I know you you hate me quoting you on this, but it's such a great. <laughs> I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, it's such a great quote. You said, you know, the Lord didn't call us to be philosophers; He called us to be disciples. And and it's so amazing to me how true that that statement is. That you know, all throughout the world, there are 
Christians sitting in Bible classes and sitting in auditoriums and having small group discussions where they're just discussing things and they're getting smarter and they're getting wiser and they're showing each other how wise they are and they're philosophizing about this, that, and the other. They're talking about how do we reach this group and how do we evangelize to this group and this method doesn't work anymore and this method is so much better. And they're talking about all these things and impressing each other with all of their knowledge, but yet at the end of the day... Very few are actually doing anything, and when we read Scripture, we find that the the person who is pleasing to God is the one that's humble, the one who's contrite, the one who says, have mercy on me, a sinner, and who just simply goes and does the good that's set before him, who does what the opportunities that are in front of him. And I've known so many Christians that, I mean, if you said the word theology, you would intimidate them to death, but they're out there doing good, and it, it humbles me to realize that sometimes Wes, you need to stop trying to impress people with what you know and just be a light, be salt and light as the Lord has called us to be. And that always reminds me of my dad. My dad, <clears throat> again, the, the word the, theologian, theology, my dad would probably step back and say, hey, whoa. Um, but my dad uh, is is phenomenal at applying the scriptures. He he loves God, always has. It always frustrated me as a child that I, I would look at my father and it's like, he, he he acts like he's right. Well, he's right. He lives right. <laughs> he held people to the standard. He he held people to the word of God, and and he goes and he takes care of people. He visits people. He does goes out of his way regularly to to help people, make them smile, and to show them that God loves them. Doesn't matter if they're members of the church or not. My dad's going to be there if someone needs somebody. My dad will be there, and it's just it's something that I I struggle with. Because, again, like Sam said, I like to study the Word of God. There is nothing I enjoy more than these kinds of conversations and studying the Word of God. And then going past that, okay, my family, and then, you know, well, maybe I could start thinking about talking to other people about this, but I've got to get out of that. In fact, one of the things that talking like this, having these conversations has really made me work more on this on this kind of discussion outside of our our Christian friends. Guys, I really appreciate this. I, I'm, I We could go all day like this, and I appreciate your thoughts on this. We're going to have to wrap it up. Thanks for being here, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please take a second and leave a positive review on iTunes. Remember, we love you, God loves you, and we hope you have a wonderful day. <laughs>